Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth Admission, LGBTQ rights and the culture wars. We're going to discuss how recent efforts to protect transgender people from discrimination have prompted a backlash, one that is now playing out in California courts. In one case, an 18-year-old woman who detransitioned has sued Kaiser Permanente, saying it improperly provided her gender-affirming care, including a double mastectomy. The woman named Chloe Cole has become a popular figure on the political right, which is seeking to restrict access to that care. Meanwhile, in other lawsuits, parents are arguing that they should not be kept out of the loop if their children change their gender identity at school. But California regulations and trans advocates say schools should keep students' gender identity private. Otherwise, they may compromise that student's safety, including at home. My guest is Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday, who covers gender and sexuality. Aaron, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Damien. Aaron, we are at this crucial moment in the conversation about transgender rights and what is known as gender-affirming care. Can you give us a broad sense of what's happening right now? Sure. I think what we're seeing right now is this collision between um, what's really an expansion of transgender rights and, and frankly, LGBTQ rights in general. Um, we're seeing that kind of nationally. And there's this collision between that and then this conservative backlash, this pushback that's become really embedded in our national political conversation. Like that's just become a key part of our national politics. And it's playing out now in the courts and in legislative arenas across many, if not most states in the United States. And transgender rights in particular have become a focal point of the right wing kind of anti-LGBTQ agenda in the past several years. It really started with the bathroom bill, that so-called bathroom bill in North Carolina in 2016. And then it really, these kind of anti-trans cases really picked up when Donald Trump was elected. And then just in the last couple of years, we've seen just a whole lot of activity in this area, again, kind of across the country as these efforts have really picked up. And this has sort of been the cause that's been picked up as there's been sort of a drop off in other kind of anti-LGBTQ efforts, especially around like same-sex marriage, right? Which is so embedded now that that's not really under attack the way it was. And so it's sort of transitioned into this arena. And what we're seeing mostly in these sort of legislative areas and in these lawsuits involve kind of health and equality issues, for transgender and non-binary children and adolescents who, you know, I think are just perceived, you know, as as more vulnerable. They're considered sort of an easier target than adults for these sort of legislative efforts because, you know, they arouse a lot of fear and emotion when we talk about these kinds of issues um, with with children and young people. And then this, this case in particular that, that we wrote about, Chloe Cole's case, is really representative of this entire national conservative pushback. You know, a lot of the things they bring up in her lawsuit kind of touches on all of the points that we're seeing play out. All right, Aaron, let's get right into it. This past week, as you write, a lawsuit was filed against Kaiser, which is based in Oakland, over it providing gender-affirming care. The plaintiff is a woman who has now detransitioned. Who is Chloe Cole? 
Chloe Cole is from the Central Valley of California. That's where she was born and raised. She's 18 now. She started experiencing some kind of gender dysphoria. So she was just, you know, at the time kind of, you know, uncomfortable with her body, just, you know, wasn't sure kind of where she was at when she was, I think around nine or 10 was what she said that kind of those those issues first started coming up. And around age 12 or so, they became really pronounced. The gender dysphoria became really pronounced. And that was when she went to her parents and and sort of expressed that to them. And they then took her for, you know, for treatment to kind of see, you know, first counselors and sort of get evaluated at Kaiser. And she ended up at, at Kaiser Oakland and began to receive the gender affirming care, which started with, in her, in her case, puberty blockers and hormone therapy when she was about 13 and then that continued for a couple of years, and she eventually got a double mastectomy, was the, which was the last step in in her case of transitioning before she decided to detransition. What has Kaiser's response been to the lawsuit? Well, Kaiser just sort of sent out a kind of blanket statement saying that they stand by, you know, their gender affirming care, that they follow best medical standards for care. And that their doctors basically that what how they treat kind of patients in all cases, but certainly in gender cases and transition cases that it's it's patient driven right so it's up to the patients it's up to the parents to sort of be making these decisions and for this multidisciplinary team to be kind of guiding them through that process but mostly they just say that you know they followed the medical standards for care and that's that there was an allegation about sort of coercion in Chloe Cole's care and that's a word that keeps coming up that's that's being alleged even though i think the basic ability of a hospital to provide this care is under attack as well. Why is coercion a big part of these cases? Yeah, that is a huge part. And that's a huge part in Chloe's case. And that's where I say her case is really representative of this sort of national conversation. That's one of the things they say is that her parents were sort of bullied and coerced into getting this care for their child. You know, one of the things that Chloe said repeatedly, and that other folks involved with this lawsuit have said repeatedly, is that her parents were told, do you want a dead daughter or a living son? So basically told if your child doesn't get this care that she will kill herself, that it will she will be a suicide. Now, of course, she was treated over many years. I don't, you know, we don't know what kind of conversations happen. We don't actually know, you know, how this played out. But that is certainly something that they've been really honing in on and really hammering in the lawsuit. Um, and it it is representative of what we hear kind of nationally, that parents feel really, you know, pressured to get this care. And then in Chloe's case, there's the added effect of what they've put in the lawsuit of her being heavily influenced by peer pressure, by social media influencers who sort of made, in her case, you know, what they claim is that it made transitioning sound very appealing to her. And yet, on the other hand, you have have advocates, transgender people, transgender rights advocates saying, hey, this is a red herring. You know, this is a way of, of, of drumming up fear. You know, nobody is convincing someone that they want to change their identity. That's just not how it works. No, not at all. And most people would say, obviously, for the vast majority of transgender people, the opposite is true, right? Like there's a lot, there's so much more pressure to not transition, to, mm, yeah. you know, not do this. And so I think that's a really important point to make, right, is that whatever Chloe is saying and whatever this lawsuit is saying, and, and you know, if that's all true, it still is is not at all representative of what most transgender people experience when they seek this kind of care and, and you know, when they're they're planning to transition. You write about the broader political context around Chloe Cole. Tell us more about that in terms of legislative efforts that are happening and about the response to her emergence as a figure who's in the limelight. 
Yeah. So there's been, like I said, a, a huge increase in legislation across the country. A lot of it is really built, again, around access to gender affirming care for young people, for children and adolescents. A lot of states really restricting that access, putting in place just sort of barriers to care, parents being targeted if they if they seek this care for their children, doctors being targeted in some states trying to outright ban that access to care for for young people under age 18. So in the last couple of years, it's been, you know, a massive uptick in in this type of legislation, you know, and in the context of all of this legislation coming up and these these lawsuits, you know, here comes Chloe Cole has detransitioned and has really been sort of picked up by the right wing as, you know, a talking point, as somebody to sort of make this point. This is, you know, their point is this is exactly why we have to be so cautious with access to this gender affirming care, because here we have a child who was given that access, who was, you know, allowed to kind of go through this process and now regrets it. Now feels like she has suffered from that care. And so she's an obvious kind of person to hold up as as exactly why they need to put in place this kind of legislation. All right, Aaron, I want to take a quick break. We're going to come right back more with Aaron Alday on Fifth and Mission. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa talking to Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday about a fight over the expansion of transgender rights and the pushback by conservatives. Aaron, you spoke about Chloe Cole and her detransitioning. How common is that? It's not common. So at least it's it's not common with what we're talking about in Chloe's case, which is where she has, you know, absolutely said that she she regrets it and she no longer wants to transition at all. There isn't a lot of great data, but there are some some surveys or some polling. Um, and one group in particular did a, a pretty comprehensive survey, I think, back in 2015. And they found that, you know, about 8% of transgender people have detransitioned. But the vast majority, something like 80% of those people, it was a temporary thing. So they detransitioned temporarily. You know, sometimes it was it was peer pressure. It was family pressure. Um, it was because, you know, maybe they they needed a job and they felt like they couldn't be a transgender person in that in the workforce. So things like that where they might have stopped for a while, but then eventually did go back to transitioning is is that's that's the most common thing. It's thought to that less than one percent of transgender people kind of permanently detransition where they just kind of go back and decide that this is not for them. But that doesn't feel like the message that conservatives are trying to get across. They're trying to show with people like Chloe Cole that it's it's something to be concerned about in large numbers. Absolutely. That is definitely their their point. And I think one point that they make, and this is a tough one, is that, you know, there's a lot more kind of people coming out as transgender now and a lot more interest in transitioning as this becomes, you know, something that's more kind of acceptable, something that it's, you know, talked about more, people are more comfortable transitioning, people are more comfortable coming out as transgender. And so their kind of ideas as you get more people coming out, as you get more transgender people, you're going to have more cases of people detransitioning. And they're kind of saying that this is happening a lot, that this is a very common thing. The problem is that we don't you know, there isn't really good data that's current to say kind of what's happening right now at this moment in time. All we can do is point back in time to what data we do have, which says that this is a very rare occurrence. 
Yeah, I thought it was very interesting, the view from advocates for transgender people and from the transgender community. They they were speaking very careful about someone like Chloe Cole because it is extremely rare. And so Chloe Cole has become kind of a star on the right. Tell us how they were talking about Chloe. Well, it's it's interesting because I think they're all very respectful of Chloe. You know, there's no doubt that she is a a young person who has gender dysphoria, who who went through this process and and this felt like the right thing for her and her parents at the time. And, you know, for whatever reason, came out of this thinking it's not the right thing and has regrets and feels really harmed by that. And people are very understanding that, you know, they, I don't think anybody wants to say that her story isn't hers, that it's not real. And so that's kind of an important point to make. But at the same time, I think they want to make it clear that her case, whatever was going on, is not at all representative of what transgender people feel or experience. And then it's being used politically. Absolutely, it's being used. I think that that's something that that people very much talk about and and very much kind of fear that that she's been sort of plucked out and held up as as this sort of symbolic, you know, young person. And I think, you know, they they really feel for that. They really feel for her and they're concerned about that. But but yes, they absolutely see this as a political move. Aaron, there are another set of lawsuits somewhat similar that are playing out in California courts. Those involve school districts and just the way that they communicate with the parents of transgender children. Tell us about those suits. Yeah, so there have been a few suits now where basically it's schools that withhold a child's change in in gender or a change in pronouns specifically, maybe a change in name. They withhold that information from families to protect students, to protect children's privacy. At the wishes of the students. At the wishes of the students. So you'll have students, you know, often they'll go to a teacher, they'll go to you know, the administrator of a of a queer straight alliance on campus, and they'll express, you know, that they don't feel comfortable with being identified a certain way, that they want a name change, they want a pronoun change, and that they don't want their parents to know. And the school will agree to keep that from the parents and to use kind of the child's preferred pronouns, preferred name, you know, in that school environment. And what does the law say? For now, I mean, the law supports the schools and supports the student kind of privacy and supports kind of their right to kind of keep that information to themselves and the responsibility of schools to protect that privacy. But, you know, these are lawsuits in place. So I I think we kind of have to see where they come out. And that is, again, at least the current law, an effort to protect the children. I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, obviously, some parents are not accepting of a child's decisions, and and the child could even be in danger. In other cases, I'd imagine there are some parents who just want to have some input into that decision. So how how do we sort this out? You know, these are these are really touchy subjects. They're very sensitive subjects for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people argue that legislation is not the way to handle this. That we can handle a lot of this with you know a more open dialogue and more kind of acceptance and just you know by kind of making forward progress on transgender rights in general and making it not so much of an issue as it is now will kind of open those doors and let those conversations happen organically. But for now, for precisely the reasons you said, you know, that these students may be at risk if even their families know kind of, you know, what's going on with them. And so I think, you know, we kind of have to play into that kind of worst case scenario for now, um, because there's no way of knowing, right, you know, which kids are at risk and which which kids aren't. And, and you just you can't really sort that out, I don't think, in sort of a legal space. So, Aaron, California does have some of these protections, as we've discussed in the law. In other states, transgender people are losing these protections. There are real risks. I mean, are these 
Are these lawsuits that you've written about, are they attempts to change the law or are they done for more political reasons? I think in California, we're, we're looking at more political reasons. You know, in the case of Chloe Cole against Kaiser, the lawsuit is against Kaiser and they're seeking damages for what they say is, you know, malpractice for poor care. And, and they're not, you know, at least overtly seeking kind of any change in law or change in policy in California. So that's not what that lawsuit is about on, on the surface. If you talk to Chloe, if you talk to her lawyers, if you read the lawsuit, it's very clear that they're pushing back against kind of these policies in general about, you know, kids access to this kind of care. But that's not what this lawsuit actually does. It's not what this lawsuit, you know, would actually accomplish if if it went in their direction. So it is clearly trying to draw attention to these issues and make this a political conversation in California. But on Fox News, Aaron, this ends up being a conversation much more broadly about the future of transgender Americans. Absolutely. And that's right. You know, I, I did just say that it's about kind of politics in California. That's that's obviously not quite true. I mean, what this case does is it bolsters these kind of legislative and legal efforts that are happening in other states and sort of, yeah, it holds them up and says, this is this is exactly what we're afraid of. This is exactly what we're we're fighting for. And and that's that's where Chloe is. Let's be honest. I mean, this is this is a public relations move. And they are making this case a rallying issue for conservatives. And it's absolutely meant to push a national narrative in this arena and, and a broader kind of political conversation. Aaron Alday, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Damien. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs> 